I'm Isabel, she, her, hers. And I'm David, he, him, his. And we're two therapists with ADHD who sit down to have some chats about ADHD. We can't promise we'll stay on topic or be professional or even remotely mature, but we can promise that you'll end up looking at you or your loved one's beautiful neurodivergent brain in a shiny new way. This is not a therapy session. This is something shiny. I love it. Do you like uh, it? That's amazing. And can this just be the intro? You saying that and me freaking out about how amazing it is? Yeah. Did I, and you that dropping could, your voice? That could be, that could be our <laughs> first so intro. <laughs> so without further ado, welcome to Something Shiny. I'm David. <laughs> Okay, so I want to I want to keep talking a lot longer, but I I also got one of my accommodations right now. I'm getting in the time like people are throwing me times. It's not gang signals; they're throwing time symbols at me. So we're good. Um, I want to go kind of to two questions if we can't go a little quicker, because I want to make sure we talk about a couple things. I'd like to know maybe what your favorite accommodation is. And hold on, this is a two parter. What you all don't know is I have access to time travel. No, 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 it's, we it's weird. Yeah, okay, so you're going to get, in just a few minutes, you're going to get like 15 seconds to go back and talk to little you, and you pick the age. So what's your favorite accommodation, and what are you saying to little you with time travel? Um, audiobooks saved my life. And, and, I'll, and I'll share just, and I would say that I had a very complicated relationship with audio in terms of being able to you know, embrace that is how my brain worked. So, um, and also when I think about the generational shifts, we were talking about this a little bit earlier, but when I was a kid, um, I had this giant tape recorder sent to me that was probably about a foot and a half big, maybe about 10 pounds. It was from the Reading for the Blind and Dyslexic, and they would mail me these big green tapes. So the solution to my stigma that I was dealing with in school was carry around this giant yellow <laughs> tape recorder. Oh my God. And take this and you'll be fine. And <laughs> the thing was I'd always get the tapes like two weeks after everyone else had started the book. So then I was always behind. Like it was always those kind of logistical issues that would come with it as well. Um, and then and then in college, I kind of you know was a closet audio user. I would listen to books quietly and not let anybody know that I was how I was actually receiving the information. And then an eye-to-eye -eye mentee changed my brain on this. I was working with a kid. It was the first year I was at Keene State, my, the chapter that I ran um, before I was on full-time staff with Dave. And we were, making, we were making body parts that represented strengths. So it was like a mold was the art project. And the kid made a mold of his ear. And he had all these words like going out of it. And he said, he said um, you know, I don't read with my ears. I, read with my, I don't read with my eyes. I read with my ears. I love it. And he was like 10 years old, and I was like, me too, man. And that was like just the way that like I shifted how, and now every single email I've ever sent, I've listened to in the last 20 years. Every single PDF or every single item, whatever it is, audible.com, longtime member. You know, I mean, all those types of things. Just, so it was about the perception of the tool, but it was also about the ability to have the tool wherever I went. And that's something I think that's really, really transformed yeah. in terms of how I experience it. And just the idea that I was receiving the information and that's what was important. It's, it's incredible to think about like going to your strengths. And, and now, Marcus, I'm hitting this button. You're going back in time. But, but I can't hold it long. You only have a couple seconds. What are you going to say that will help your life? You're not broken. 
the system is. Mm. All right, so who would like to go next? Favorite accommodation and time travel. Can we make a t time travel sound effect, though? I was, like, literally sitting on my hands. Okay, I wanted so to make I a sound effect. I think it's the so Chewbacca hard. sound. Oh, that took us. Yeah, okay, okay. Unbelievable that was is the word you're looking <laughs> for. Listen, you ask 14 to do something. Uh, my favorite accommodation, um, I guess, would be allowing students to pick their own structure. You know, some, pe some students are going to need more. Some students are mm -hmm. going to need less. Some students aren't going to need to stand up, walk around. Some students are going to need a quiet room. Some students are not going to be able to share a room, right, like a dorm. Um, my child was really worried about coming out here, and then we found out that everyone gets their own dorm room. Uh, but just little, little accommodations mm -hmm. um, like that, just letting kids pick what we need to ask kids, what do you need? Like, how can we help you? It's like you're saying the biggest accommodation now is the education around agency for kids. Yeah. Absolutely, 100%. Yeah. And, and so I don't have to make the Chewbacca noise. No Chewbacca noise okay. is needed. What are you going to say to yourself if you could go back in time? Everything is going to be okay. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So. Oh, oh, it's, oh. It's, we, yeah. Rock, paper, scissors? Is that something? I'm happening? challenging you to a rock, paper, scissors. Oh, okay. All right, you ready? One, two, three, shoot. Oh, we had paper you versus scissors. All right, all right, all right. Okay. So my favorite accommodation is speech to text. Like, all of my papers so far have been written using speech to text. Like, I'll literally step out the classroom, and I'll be like, oh, can I step out? I need to go talk this into my phone. And she's like, sure. So that works out. And Going back in time, I would say to my younger self two things. One, don't listen to everything your peers tell you, because most of the time when kids are saying things that are hurtful, they're hurt inside. Mm -hmm. Like, I literally had a student who had dyslexia say something hurtful to me, and then a few weeks later, he comes up to me, and he was like, I'm so sorry, Kayla. Like, I said that to you. He said, because I wasn't feeling good, and I was trying to hide my dyslexia, so the rest of the students didn't see it. And I was like, wow, okay. And second thing I would say just remember to like do you like don't think about how people look at you because of the things you use or the accommodations you have because at the end of the day it's all there to make an even playing field sometimes students are upset like why does kayla get extra time on the test like it's to level out the playing field like you don't need the extra time on the test amazing thank you all right i was the loser of the paper scissors rock so here i go uh, I want to pick up on the extra time thing because that was actually my least favorite accommodation. However, I now understand that the reason why that was the case is because it was me having to do a test poorly designed for me. And as an adult, it is my favorite accommodation because when I get extra time, I'm actually just getting met with kindness for how I learn and think, which is different. So it's all contextual. And if I had a time machine, I would go back to my younger self and I worked so hard. I know that's like a theme here. And I would tell myself, look, you're going to have to have a strong backbone, but keep your wishbone strong, too. Ooh. Uh. Oh. oh, okay. Oh, all the feels. Okay, this is where I just want to jump to it. Wait, we have to time travel back. Let's okay. Keep, let's keep the continuity. Do we have time? For, do we have questions? That I know, no, but yeah, okay. you have the time oh, travel. Oh, you're right. I'm saying Hold let's on. return. <laughs> to okay. Okay. okay, yeah, there we go. That's, yeah. Just had to close out. Yeah. They don't travel through time in Star Wars, right? <laughs> Uh, they do, actually. You just don't know it. Basically, it happened a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. 
Agree okay. to disagree. Big like, <laughs> spaceships long time ago. They can barely make fire. Anyway, okay, so. Um, do we have, this is where I do want to open up because we're sitting in front of a, like a lot of people who have a lot of experience and diverse experience. We're going to need one of these mics. And I know the listeners can't hear, but a lot of attractive and I'm really also magnetic, need a helpful amazing mic people right here. Look okay, at this. you're doing great. Now, does anyone have any questions for either us, the panel, the world at large? We got one. And that was a Ghostbusters thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's just really an icebreaker, just but how is everybody doing? Like, what does it feel like to be doing this right now? No, like, is everyone okay and happy? Like, I, I feel that that's a question that never really gets asked all that much. It's just like that individual one-on-one, like, but how are you? How are you doing? Just to start the conversation for everybody else. Oh, my God. What a, what a lovely, <laughs> what a lovely question. Um, I feel really good right now. I'm doing really good right now. What about you all? Doing great. Is it, isn't it weird to feel this good after you just talk about all these really vulnerable things in front of like hundreds of people? My Thousands therapist really? says that's the best way to go about it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if anybody can answer this question, but my question is how can we educate all of our students? We have so many capable adults who have gone on to college and all sorts of wonderful things. How can we develop in a classroom where we don't feel stupid or incapable? I love that question. Who, who's got a, who, who has an idea? I say it starts with building communities within the school. Like luckily, the high school I went to, they had eye to eye, so that's how I built a sense of community. And I know eye to eye also has like, there's an alliance program, right? Yep. Okay, there's, yep. Still plug in. Yep, there's an alliance program, <laughs> and I feel like that works because you need to let students see that they're actually not stupid by implementing people that, that are already out there doing so great. Like, when I come to the OI, I get so excited because I meet so many people that are, like, alumni or, like, um, in college, and they're doing all these things that I didn't think I was going to be able to do because of what my peers used to say. I, did you want to... Well, I think the development department's going to love this, but schools need money. You know, funding is getting cut. <laughs> teachers, teachers are getting the short end of the stick. Yeah. Teachers can't access $60 sign-up fees to go to trainings that they really want to access. I think we need to really hit donors, benefactors, people who have the means to help the teachers in the classrooms get the training that they want yeah and we need to help kids who have single parents who maybe don't have all the resources that other students have get those resources a hundred percent and then and can i take a track can i take a crack at this one like a hundred percent um and and oh my god like i have to preface this by saying i think teachers are the most important part of our world right now have an impossible task and all of that stuff is true but we are using an antiquated education system and it's hurting people. We have a phone in your pocket that can get any data you want, but we judge people on what they remember, not what they ask. We don't ask, validate, or validate how people can ask questions. We don't validate agency of individuals. We look at individuals as problematic if they don't fit the mold currently, because if a child doesn't fit the mold, it hurts the teacher. They actually don't do well if a lot of their students don't pass. And it's not their fault if the information they're trying to teach is antiquated. 
And so like as much as we're talking about like funding, as much as we're like, I want to just lean in a couple things. Like why don't we do breakfast and lunch at, at school? Like funding. Okay, cool. And how come we don't grade people on the questions and the complexity of the questions they ask, not what they know? And why do we take so long to embrace technology, especially right. in, in the school setting? You know, I, I, one of the things that I used to hear over and over again was, Marcus, you're not going to have a calculator everywhere you go. Oh! I call bullshit. Oh, I, yeah. 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 Yeah, hold on. I was yes. told you don't get to have spell check wherever you go, so you're gonna remember how to spell yeah. that word. If you don't learn this now, yeah. Yeah, and, and watching currently the conversation around AI is fascinating to watch adults my age who are in the classroom using AI every day and mad at their students for using it, and then they go home and use AI to write their lesson plans. And so I just, it's, it's just kind of a fascinating thing to see this kind of resistance every single time. And I look through, if you look through history, this has happened always. Like when the, when, uh, ink pens came out. People were really, really upset. They're like, the quill pen is how you should write. It's an art form, and that's how you should continue to use that. I mean, there was a time point in this country where left-handedness was illegal. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know? So, like, and there's huge, huge spikes, right, in left-handedness right after left-handedness became illegal. Or became legal, sorry. The numbers skyrocketed, and then they plateaued. And I feel like we're in a similar situation right now with neurodiversity. Yeah. People are like, oh, every kid's labeled with an LD. No, not necessarily. We're understanding more and more about the brain every single day, and the stigma is being reduced every single day, and therefore the numbers are going up, yeah. and they will plateau just like left-handedness or many other things in our yeah. society. Uh, I'm, I'm freaking out. My head's exploding. And please, please <laughs> tell me why every student should, ha should not have an individualized education plan. Yeah, who wouldn't benefit who from an Who would not benefit from having an individualized education plan? Who would not benefit from like removing a segregated classroom and having different people of different abilities in the same classroom doing work together? Sorry, this is something I think about. I, yeah, okay. So. I want to add one other thing too, and then I know there's someone in the back. Um, I feel like a lot of things we said are like, yes, absolutely, and what do I do tomorrow? And I agree, everything been said here, is, there's culture change, there's funding, and everybody listening and everybody in this room is doing this now, so the folks in this room know this, so people listening should know. We are a people-powered movement. This country was built by people deciding to do something different tomorrow than they did today. We can create the change by sharing our story and demanding that something is different, and that is how those other issues get changed. And so if you're listening, you're thinking to yourself, what do I do now? You start by looking inside and saying, okay, I'm gonna be brave. Y'all listening do not know the people in this room. You can't feel that, but I hope you feel it through these moments right now it's just by doing something different tomorrow and finding your community together yeah oh <sighs> tears <sighs> do you have an okay oh, we got yeah. question we got question well hello chloe hello david how's it going great all right that was not my question um <laughs> i have multiple one for y'all and one for anybody really anyone listening i'm not really sure the demographic but i assume it's something like this. Um, how does stigma affect your everyday life? Either like your own stigma of yourself and people with LDs or others around you. And then for yourself or anyone listening, um, as like a person in education, how is it combating your own internal biases after edu educating yourself on neurodivergency and like the pressure of being like a either a special ed teacher or a teacher that works with people with learning differences, how does both stigma and like the pressure of being a small part of the education system work? Holy crap. Yeah. 
<laughs> Wait, it, it's like, I want to make sure I'm understanding your question. So we're going to keep the mic by you for just a second. The, no, 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 no. Don't apologize for being excellent. So the first part of the question is like, how do we deal with the ongoing experience of stigma in our lives? Yes. What's the second part? The second part is for anyone that's in education, really, just like combating your own biases that you have just ingrained in yourself because of the world we grew up in. And like, how does pressure work with that, considering the very small amount of special ed like professionals in the education system? So just, oh man, that's okay. So there's, there's going to be an open question around like how educators deal with the pressure to change and like the pressure of the stigma. But like, if I can, I, I would love it if we could talk about that stigma. Like, how do, how do people here, and I know we, we're going to wrap it up pretty soon, but how do people here sit every day with the stigma that the world sees in them, not that they see in themselves? I self-identify as neurotypical, but I think that one way that I've tried to break down stigma is that whenever I see parents that whose children I can see are neurodivergent, I reach out to them. I try to encourage them to support their children and to seek resources. And I tell them I share my personal story. So to fight stigma, you build relationships and share your story. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would have to say to fight stigma, I always try to like think of myself to like go above and beyond, if that makes sense. Since I remember when I was little, like people didn't have a lot of expectations for me. Like, of course, my family, they were always supportive and like they expected that I would do great things. But my own case manager, who was in charge of my IEP, did not have high expectations of me. She literally offered my family in an IEP meeting one day that I go to a, um, a trade school for half of the day. And then for the rest of the day, I would go to the public school. And in the trade school, she even like um, suggested me a trade. She said, I should learn how to like, you know, work with agricultural uh, agri agriculture and then the other half of the day just go to school. And my family was like, but Kayla doesn't like flowers. She doesn't want to be outside. Mm -hmm. <laughs> She's not going to be a person that loves agriculture. And she said, well, I think you have to like get used to that because that's going to be the only thing she can do. Oh. oh. And my grandma was livid. She doesn't take anything <laughs> from anybody. My grandma's from the South. She was like, oh, we're not doing that today. So she told that lady off. She got me a new case manager. She was like, oh, Kayla, you're, she said, you're going to be the best. You're going to be the best thing this school ever seen. Oh, my God. My grandma found tutor after tutor. I went to Kumon. That didn't work. I found another tutor. That didn't work. <laughs> I went to C2 Education. That didn't work. Then I finally found this woman, Janine, and she just did something, and it popped my brain. All of a sudden, I started learning how to read. I was becoming a little bit better in spelling. I mean, I still mess up words today, but that's just me. I don't need to. I don't spell. You're good. Yeah, that's good. But now, like, I look at that and, like, just seeing my grandma's determination to not take what that lady said and, like, just, you know, sip it. It just makes me so happy because, like, now I go to, like, this private high school and I'm surrounded by kids of all different backgrounds of life and they're coming all over the world to get an education. And now I'm starting the college application process and I'm doing good in school and I just see a future for myself. And that lady really said, just take it. You're talking. That's yeah. it's incredible. You're talking about like how hard you had to work to see the future for yourself. Yeah. Okay. And, and I know we're, we're close on time and I want to make sure that I'm like diving into the stigma thing with all of my vulnerabilities up. And I need you to hear that right. With all of my vulnerabilities up. I think it's important to get a therapist that understands you. I have a therapist. I am a therapist that has a therapist. I don't have a therapist because I'm broken or deficient. I have a therapist so that I don't feel things alone. 
I think the other part about stigma is there's a shadow side to, to stigma. Anything that makes you feel shame or guilt, like stigma would, makes you avoid. That's, that's the reflex we have for shame or guilt, period, right? And if you confront those things that you want to run from every day, that's literally courage. And I think we don't realize the opportunities for courage when we are getting our butts kicked. And I think that I can't do it alone. I could never do it alone. I had the great benefit of having an incredible friend group. I had the great benefit of having an incredible brother who every step of the way would be a sounding board for me. And then after my brother, I met the world's best partner that kept me real and grounded. And I think these are all ingredients to fighting stigma. And I think we shouldn't ever expect it to go away. We should expect us to like, I don't know, kick it in the teeth whenever it comes our way. And like, what you all do in eye to eye makes the world a better place for everyone else because you are sharing the stories that destroy the stigma. Thank you all so much. Uh, that was my special ability to wrap up because I think we're at time. <laughs> Did I do that right? Yes, thank you. Ten points! Yeah, yeah. Woo! Another round of applause. That was great. That was incredible. Thank you all thank so you, much. Everyone. Thank you so much for listening. If you ever have that thought where you think, hey, I have nothing, stop. Remember, you're something. Something's shiny. That's right. Just as you are. If you like what you heard and you want to hear more free episodes of this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review anywhere you listen to podcasts. We're on Instagram as Something Shiny Podcast. And if you're looking for more information, useful links, definitions, visuals, everything we can think of and more is on our website at somethingshinypodcast.com. And it's all free. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you in two weeks.